Hi, this is Bill Woods again up here in Sun Valley, Arizona. Uh, I know that, uh, you know, uh, we're not as hot up here as they are down in Phoenix, even though it's Arizona. We're, we're right about 20, 25 degrees cooler than Phoenix, which we're thankful for. I wanted to talk to you day, today about uh, the topic, we're here to finish the race. And I want to remind you that everything changed last March when this nation and the world hit the panic button because of the COVID-19 or the coronavirus pandemic. Churches and businesses were shut down, many of which will never open again. By the way, I, I don't think that churches should have shut down because of the fact that uh, we have the First Amendment and we ought to be able to preach like we're supposed to, but somehow people caved and we shut the churches down and went for several weeks or months even without being able to worship together, which was not good for the church. Uh, our schools were closed. Uh, we were in lockdown in our homes. We have to wear masks and stands at least six feet apart. They call it social distancing. We had to stand in long lines to go shopping for groceries and supplies. I remember going to Safeways during the first part of the pandemic. Well, actually, uh, just a couple weeks ago, we were able to go and come and go. But I remember standing out in the sunshine waiting my turn until there were enough people that had left the store that other people could go in just so I could buy some groceries. And also, you know, I, I can remember same problem at uh, Walmart, going to Walmart and standing in long lines for them to let you in one at a time. And as people came out, they would count and they would decide if there were enough people that had come out to let you come back in. Our fantastic economy, which was the best that we had probably ever had, plummeted until we now have a, a financial crisis. People don't know what they're going to do. A lot of them are, are staring at bankruptcy. People are losing their homes. They're losing their cars. They, they're hoping that the government stimulus plan will come back again and they'll get some more money that way. Because of all this, people are frightened and lonely and horribly depressed. Suicide rates have increased dramatically. I guess even among the teenagers and children, there seems to be an increase in, in suicide. A good portion of our population have lost their incentive to live, and they just want to give up. Unfortunately, many Christians are in that condition too. Listen, God is not glorified if we just lay down and quit. We are called to finish the race. And I'm not talking just about, you know, the, the pandemic. I'm talking about our Christian life. We are called to be victorious regardless of circumstances, to keep our eyes on Jesus Christ and run the race and finish the race. I read in Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily be, uh, trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame, 
Now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. Listen, Jesus Christ was willing to finish the race. He wants you to finish the race for him. I read an illustration, and so you know it's not plagiarism. I took the, the illustration here almost word for word. It says, 52 years ago at the Olympics in Mexico City, the world saw one man's amazing persistence. John Stephen Aquari from Tanzania, Tanzania, Africa, came to compete with the nations of the world who had gathered for the Olympic Games. Athletes came from all around the globe after having trained for years to compete in the Games. Finally, the time arrived for him to get into the race that he had trained for, the marathon. Marathon, while not always exciting to watch, is one of the most severe Olympic tests of human endurance. Many runners trained extensively for years to compete in this particular race. The race began and eventually the winner came running back into the Olympic State Stadium. Welcomed by cheers from the audience that appreciated him so much for his efforts, uh, soon other runners arrived as well and eventually the race was over. Over that is, except for one runner. A single lone runner was still out on the course struggling to make the finish line. Other track events continued in the stadium. An hour passed, and finally, after an hour and a half, the final runner, an athlete from Tanzania, I hope I'm saying that right, John Stephen Akwari, entered the stadium. His pace was slow. Akwari had cramped up because of the city's high altitude. He hadn't trained at such an altitude back in his country. At the 19th kilometer point, during the 42 kilometer race, the runners were jockeying for position and he was bumped and, and knocked down. He fell badly, wounding and dislocating his knee. His shoulder hit hard against the pavement. By sheer grit, he got up and kept on running, finishing last among the 57 competitors who completed the race. Now, mind you, 75 competitors had started. Many had fallen out by the wayside before they got to the end. But this man completed the race. The winner of the marathon, Mamo Wolde of Ethiopia, finished in 2 hours, 20 minutes, and 26 seconds. Akwari finished in 3 hours, 25 minutes, and 27 seconds when there were only a few thousand people left in the stadium and the sun had set. A television crew came out from the medal ceremony when they heard there was one more runner about to finish. His steps were wobbly. His knee was bloody and bandaged from that fall earlier in the race where he got bumped and knocked down. He looked terrible as he came into the stadium. He just looked like he wanted to lay down and, and die. The fans realized who he was and what he was doing, and they began to cheer as he made his way around the track and finally, painfully, crossed the finish line. Cheers swelled up as the fans saluted this man's determination. Later, he was asked why. When he saw he had lost the race by one and a half hours, why had he kept on running? His answer was very simple. My country didn't send me 5,000 miles away to start the race. 
They sent me 5,000 miles to finish it. You know, the Apostle Paul uh, would understand this. He said that the crown of life is waiting for each of us who finish the race. But finishing is much harder than starting. Finishing means running day in and day out. Finishing means training and self-discipline and self-denial and staying focused on the goal. God has not put you here to start the race only. God has put you here to finish the race. Keep running. Keep running the good race for Jesus Christ. You know, some Christians get discouraged and want to drop out of the race because of turbulence in their lives. Turbulence is no reason to quit. It's a reason to bear down and try harder until you finish the race. Too many people are watching your life and depending on your faithfulness to endure to the end and receive the crown of life. And I, I think also when it says that we're surrounded by a huge crowd of witnesses, I, I think this is heaven looking down. And I, I believe that, uh, you know, the angels are watching and probably Christians that have gone on before are watching and rooting for us. And I'm sure God is watching. And I know that probably on the other side, demons and the devil are watching to see how we're going to make it. And we need to be determined to finish the race. Listen again to Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that shows, slows us down, especially the, sick, the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor besides God's throne. Turbulence. Turbulence can break us or, or make us stronger. Remember, we're now in training to rule with Christ for all eternity. He isn't interested in recruiting and ruling with wimps. He, he, we are to develop our spiritual strength. We are to mount up with wings as eagles and to run and not be weary. In fact, Isaiah 40, 28 through 31, have you not known, have you not heard the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator, the end of the earth, neither faints nor is weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak and to those who have no might. He increases strength. Even the youth shall faintly weary and the young men shall utterly fall. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength and shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. I was thinking about people saying, you know, things get too rough. There's too much turbulence in my life. I don't know if I can make it or not. I found another illustration about eagles. It says, turbulent winds cause the eagle to fly higher. Life's troubles should cause the Christian to seek closer fellowship with the Lord. Troubles should cause us to fly higher. Turbulent winds give the eagle a larger view. When our lives are touched by troubles and we flee to God, we begin to see the reason and result of lower living. Turbulent winds Lift the eagle above harassment from other birds of prey. As we walk with the Lord, it's difficult, if not impossible, for us to be harassed by the troubles or troubler of life. Turbulent winds 
allow the eagle to use less effort. We struggle the most when we live in lower spiritual altitudes. If we draw near to God, we'll find how really simple life is meant to be. Turbulent winds allow the eagle to stay up longer. When we experience fellowship with God, his peace, comfort, and love, there will be a desire to remain close to him. When troubles come, we learn immediately to stretch forth our wings and fly high into the presence of the Lord. Turbulent winds help the eagle to fly faster. The more we soar above the cares and troubles of life, the more effective we will be in accomplishing the work God has called every Christian to do, glorifying him and evangelizing the world in which we live. We need courage to keep on keeping on. Listen, don't succumb to a, a little turbulence that comes in to your life. Rise above it. Don't succumb to the turbulence of this pandemic and all. You know, rise above it. One day it'll all be over, either in our lifetime or after our lifetime. But one day it'll be over and we'll be glad that we were faithful to God. Yes, we are living through difficult times, but God is still there. I have an idea that even more difficult times are coming as we approach the rapture when Jesus Christ is going to call his church home when we will be caught up in the air to meet him and we'll go to the marriage feast of the Lamb. What a tremendous thing. I want you to be there. I want to be there. It's like the Gaither Chorus says, it will be worth it all when we get home. I I'm going to threaten you here. I, I want to sing this little chorus. It will be worth it all just to see his face when he takes us for his own then ten million years to sing amazing grace it will be worth it all when we get home remember we're here to finish the race we're not here to fall down and give up to be defeated by satan we're here to finish the race and I would encourage you, even though you're going through a rough time right now, get your eyes fixed on Jesus Christ. Because whatever you're facing today will seem so minor when you finally face Jesus and know that he's welcomed you home. I want to pray with you. Dear Jesus, we've got people that are listening to this that are probably going through difficult times. There's turbulence in their life. Lord, they... They, they don't know how to react to the pandemic. And I just pray, God, that you'll help us each one to know first, we need to know our hearts are right with you, that we've confessed our sins to Jesus Christ, accepted you as our personal Savior, and are living the life we're supposed to to glorify you. And then, Father, we need to keep our eyes on you to know that whatever we're going through is temporary. And whatever we face now won't amount to much when we face you in your kingdom. Encourage people, Lord. Help them to draw close to you. Help the ones that are listening today to know that they can find strength in Jesus Christ. We love you. We want to serve you. And Lord, if there's some that don't know you, help them to know this is the day of salvation. This is the accepted time to find you as their Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I just wanted to encourage you today to let you know that what we're going through 
is not something that was, should defeat us as Christians. It's something that should help us to realize better days are coming and we're going to be with Jesus Christ one of these days. I hope to see you around the throne of God when we get there. Listen, if you want to contact me, my email address is lowercase r-e-v-w-m-w-w-o-o-d-s at gmail.com. That stands for Reverend William W. Woods. Or my mailing address is box 4031 Sun Valley, Arizona, 86029. Now some have wondered, you know, how can we help support this ministry? Well, first, you need to make sure your tithe goes to the local church but where you get your spiritual food. But if you want to help, we're trying to expand some things here. Then I would, I would ask you, if you really want to help, send a check or something to William Woods. Uh, and, and just mark it at the bottom, Church of the Galilean. And we'll see that it gets used for the glory of God. Thank you. God bless you. We'll talk to you later. God bless. Amen.